It is Locked on Jazz for the 25th of February. If you take the top Western Conference teams and play them against top 10 offenses, who can still defend? If you play them against top 10 defenses, who can still score? And if they have their 10 best players on the floor and no scrubs, who's the best? We do that as we head into the final 24 of the second half of the season, plus the four things that the Jazz have to do in the final 24 as Luke and the Mavericks are in town tonight. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thanks very much for making Locked On Jazz Your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. So glad to be back with you. Hope you all had a nice, well, you probably didn't have a break. I had a break. Uh, Special hello to Bryce and Ray and Lacey and JJ and Mountain Hobbler and Cody as everyone uh, is back in their regular spot as we come to you live again today. Who are the 10, if you take the Western Conference top 10 top teams, and play them against the best offenses, who can still defend. And if we put them up against the top 10 defenses, who can still score? That's what we're going to look at right now. Gives us a little bit of an idea of where we are heading into the final 24 games. 29% of the season is all that we have left. And it's wide open. It's crazy wide open. The only thing that's not open is seeding. I don't think we'll move much. But who wins? Who wins the whole thing? Wide open. Phoenix has been dramatically better than everyone else. Chris Paul breaks his thumb. Same injury as Boyan, but on his thumb. He's not going to play until the end of the regular season. It doesn't impact seeding. They'll still be the number one seeding. It probably doesn't impact a great deal, but maybe they're not in quite as good a rhythm. They have been the one team I think you have to tip your hat to and say they've been way better than everyone else. But other than that, it's not a crazy concept here that the Los Angeles Lakers go lose their first playing game, win their first playing game as the ninth seed, beat the Clippers or the Timberwolves, get the eighth seed, beat the Phoenix Suns in the first round of the playoffs with Anthony Davis and LeBron James churning and the Suns not quite right, beat the Utah Jazz or the Dallas Mavericks in the second round and end up in the Western Conference Finals despite their terrible season. It's not outlandish. Beating them four out of seven is not going to be anybody's treat. When they're totally focused in. It's not crazy that Chris Paul or even Kawhi Leonard comes back and the Clippers lose their first playing game to the Timberwolves, win their second one against the Lakers, locking the Lakers out of the playoffs, and they go do the same thing. It's probably a little whimsical to think Minnesota could do it at this point without any experience. It feels that way about Memphis, but frankly, they're really good. And it's not crazy that the Utah Jazz beat the Dallas Mavericks in the first round of the playoffs, upset the leader Suns, Lakers, Clippers in the second round of the playoffs, go to the Western Conference Finals, then against the Golden State Warriors, or maybe even 
who knows the Denver Nuggets with Jamal Murray and you're going it's it's wide open so if we dig into the data a little bit who do we see and what do we see and understand the data this year's wacky because you just don't know who you're playing so hopefully the sample size of this makes it big enough if you look at the Utah Jazz defense against the top 10 offenses in the in the NBA so we just only games against the top 10 offenses. The Jazz defense is a 109.2. Where does that rank amongst the nine best Western Conference teams? The Warriors are the best at 104.5. Excuse me, 104.2. So the Warriors against the top 10 offenses have the best defense. Okay, they're the best defense team in the league. That matches. Stunningly is that the Dallas Mavericks are second best. So tonight, the Mavericks, whose defense has been a 105.4 against the top 10 offenses, plays the number one offense in the NBA in the Utah Jazz. The, the drop to the next group is significant. So Golden State's at a 104. Dallas is at a 105. The Jazz are actually, the Suns are actually next at a 109. So another four points per the Jazz are the fourth best at 109.2. Clippers are fifth best at 109.7. Lakers are next at 110.1. Then Memphis, then Denver, and then Minnesota. So there's two teams that defensively have been terrific against top 10 offensive teams, and that's Golden State and that's Dallas. Pretty wild. And Luka is having a James Harden Esgrun. In the last five games, Luka Doncic is averaging 40 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, shooting 48% from the floor, and 47% from three. Traditionally in playoffs, offenses that come from just one direction, Luka only, Jokic only, struggle. You add Jamal Murray, different game. Dallas doesn't have that second option. Dallas could have a playoff struggle because of this. But their defense under Jason Kidd is legitimately bona fide. So what happens to the offenses if you play a top 10 defense? I think Jazz fans are listening right now saying to themselves, wow, I doubt we're very good at this. It doesn't feel like the Utah Jazz, once we play a really good defense, are, in, are nearly as good an offensive team. So our offensive rating is a 113. And that is worlds better, worlds better than anyone else. So our offense against the top 10 defensive teams in the league is far and away the best of the nine Western Conference teams at a 113.0. The next best is the Minnesota Timberwolves at 109.2. Pretty interesting. So Dallas has the second best defense against top offenses and the Timberwolves at a 109.2 have the second best offense against top defenses. I think that would be surprising of how bona fide both those teams are heading into the playoffs. Phoenix is number three again. Golden State is number four at 106.5. Phoenix is 108. Remember, we were 113. Minnesota, 109. Phoenix, 108. I'm rounding. Golden State's a 106.5. Memphis is a 105.3, and then we all bundle up. Dallas at 104.6, Denver at 104.1, Lakers at 104.0, Clippers are the one that can't 
score against at 103.0. Mountain Hobbler says, how does our offense do against bottom five teams? Here's what's crazy about us this year. Every other, one of the things I think has been a, it's a problem for Memphis this year in the playoffs, I talked about it in the round table. I think it's been a problem for us as we get to the playoffs and we're playing as hard as we have all regular season, as hard as we can, then everyone else brings it up to another level and we don't have another level to go. Maybe this year we have another level to go. Right? Maybe that's actually the truth is we have another level to go, which we've never had before. If you take the differential, this is a funky way to do it. I'm not sure what I think of it. I'm not sure what I think of any of these numbers in a year of COVID with the amount of things, but it's what we got. If you take your offense against top 10 defenses and your defense against top 10 offenses, and you look at the differential, the Jazz are the best at plus 3.8. Golden State is next at plus 2.3. The fact that you are outscoring Top 10, top 10 means you're pretty good. We're the best at plus 3.8. Golden State's next best at plus 2.3. Then everyone else is negative. Phoenix is next at negative 0.7. Dallas is next at negative 0.8. Dallas, 4-5 matchup with Dallas would be real for us. We better hope something shifts. Memphis did lose last night. I don't know that we can get to three. But we better hope something shifts there. Dallas is real. Then everyone else is really far off the map. Memphis is minus 6.1. Clippers are minus 6.5. Denver's minus 8. Lakers are only minus 6.1. So those are how they rank. Okay? Not bad. On We suddenly look better. It's wide open. Wide open. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden, If you're looking for a car right now, think about a Hyundai. It gives you the best value for the dollar. Do your own research. You decide whether you like it. I've done the research. I looked at it. We bought two Santa Fe's because it hit all the safety numbers. It gave us the space. It gave us the security. And it gave us all the bells and whistles for a price tag that nobody else could meet. That's why we went with the Santa Fe. You can go to the Tucson. I'm driving the Kona right now. And there's the beautiful Palisade. Plus the Sonata One North American, excuse me, the Elantra One North American Car of the Year. And then there's the Sonata sedan, which is gorgeous. I still miss the red one I was driving that somebody bought. It's all at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Linden and in Logan. Excited to have you jump aboard. If you'd like to, I can set up a VIP meeting with you so you don't have to go through that kind of awkward walk-in. Who am I going to meet? Who? What Am I going to get a good uh, car salesman or a bad car salesman thing, I'll set you up. Make sure you get the VIP treatment, set up the meeting for you beforehand to have the cars ready for your test drive. All of those things, just email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Intercap Lending. Steve Carter is our own personal loan officer, and he is absolutely the best out there. He does amazing work. The reviews are endless. And what makes Intercap Lending so special is the fact that Intercap gives you this amazing uh, personal customer service that Steve Carter's behind. It's why we have this great feeling of allowing you to have the personal um, the personal one-on-one treatment with Steve Carter, our own personal loan officer. So super excited to give you that opportunity. Some of the things that we've told you about in the reviews in the past, they're nimble. They get things done. Steve's there for you the whole way along the way, uh, the process. 
And that's what makes it great. That's So when you call Steve Carter, make sure you tell him that you are with Locked On and that you have your own, he is our own personal loan officer, so you get the uh, corporate discount. Steve Carter's number is 385-885-28. Again, if you want to just email me at dlock09 at gmail.com, we'll set you up. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Visit intercaplending.com and you can be the next one to send me a great review on Steve Carter. All right, let's get to the next piece of the puzzle. Uh, And that is, uh, wow, Mountain Hobbler tells me I see 83% of new car sales in January above MSRP. Mountain Hobbler is bringing all sorts of cool stuff. And as I've told you before, with the Murdochs, they will not sell more than MSRP. Um, Another question coming in. Am I back on the road? I was expecting to be, but I have not heard. Um, it feels weird. I don't want to get into it, but it feels weird. I haven't heard anything. We're supposed to leave tomorrow. So, um, I don't know, uh, to be honest with you, I hope so. Certainly makes the job uh, much easier to get done, uh, and bring you the best content we possibly can. And the organization's always been great at respecting that. So I would expect to be soon. Uh, let's get to, uh, the other one I looked at, which was, we've had so many fringe players play in the NBA this year. You know, great, cool. I think they've actually taught the veterans a lesson. I think they all played so hard that you found out that the talent level wasn't there. You actually found out all of them could score. Um, But let's get rid of them. And let's give everyone their 10-man, the 10 men that were going to play in the playoffs. So I go, here's how I did this. You go to cleaning the glass. It's not perfect. You go to clean the glass and you eliminate all the other players and you just take lineups that only have those 10 players on the floor. Now, what's a little misleading about that is if Donovan Mitchell is out and we're playing those 10 guys, then we end up with lineups that aren't great that we probably aren't going to play in the playoffs, right? So if you're, you know, the Warriors, you've played a bunch of five-man lineups without Draymond Green, that if Draymond Green's back, you're going to play. But Draymond may be another month away. Here's the here's the outcome. The Warriors are plus 12 per 100 possessions with those 10 rotation players on the floor. Any combination of those 10 rotation players on the floor, the Warriors are plus 12. The Mavericks are plus 10.6. Dallas is bona fide, people. They may have traded Chris Dapps, and they have become, what Dallas is, is they are the hardened Rockets of two years ago that we all thought was a legitimate title contender, and they're better. They're as good defensively. Luka might be better than James Harden, believe it or not, or as good, and then they're surrounded with better shooting than Harden was. Jalen Brunson's good. Maxi Kleba's good. Davis Bertans learns how to shoot again. He's good. Dorian Finney-Smith can defend. Dwight Powell does all the right things. They're going to play five out tonight and switch us the whole game. It's like a grand test for us. I'll get into in the next segment the four things the Utah Jazz have to get better at. And they're all going to play tonight. They're the four things that we're, we're working for for the final 24. A lot of them are in play tonight. So, Warriors won, Mavericks 2 at 10.6, we're 3 at 10.0, Suns are 4th at 9.3, Memphis is 5.9, the Wolves are 3.9, now the Nuggets are 1.9, but Jamal Murray hasn't played all year, so really the Nuggets are 0, they haven't had their 10 guys all year in fairness to them, and Michael Porter Jr. has been out most of the year, Clippers, I kind of feel the same way, Kawhi, if Kawhi doesn't play, then the Clippers aren't a title contender, and the Lakers are not great. So again, 
Warriors at 12.0. Mavericks at 10.6. Jazz at 10.0. Suns at 9.3. Memphis at 5.9. Wolves at 3.9. And then I just don't think it's fair to count the Nuggets as anything. What does this tell us? Great, David. That's 16 minutes of numbers. My head's spinning. I don't have any idea what's going on. It's palindrome week. Of course I'm giving you numbers. It says we're a legit contender. It says we're a legit, bona fide, in-the-pack contender. Are we flawed? Yes. Are the Suns flawed? Yes. Are the Warriors flawed? Yes. Are the Nuggets flawed? Yes. Are the Mavericks flawed? Yes. The Mavericks are a bona fide contender. There's crazily 11, 12 bona fide contenders to be in the NBA Finals right now. It's exactly what the NBA tried to do with the new collective bargaining agreement. It got put out and, di- and, and ruined a little bit because of the fact that the um, had the salary cap spike and Kevin Durant went to the Warriors and then all of a sudden they didn't have that anymore. They were, they, the Warriors became the dream team. But if you take that salary cap spike out, go back to the latest collective bargaining room with all the new luxury tax and all that, everything else, we'd have like seven champions in seven years. This is This happened last year. We talked about it at the beginning of this year. We haven't talked about it as much as we probably should to start off the second half of the season. We probably should talk about it. We have had four champions in four years. The Bucks, the Lakers, the Raptors, the Warriors. The last time we had four champions in four years was the 1976-77 Portland Trailblazers, 77-78 Washington Bullets, 78-79 Seattle Supersonics, 79-80 Los Angeles Lakers. In the Larry Bird, Magic Johnson era of the NBA, what is happening right now in the league has never, ever happened before. We are in all likelihood, if the Milwaukee Bucks do not win the title, going to have our fifth champion in five years. The last time that happened is you had the Boston Celtics on the backside of that list in 95, 96. And then the last, and then you're, but then you're at the ABA merger. After the ABA merger in 76, the Blazers won, the Bullets won, the Supersonics won, the Lakers won, and then the Celtics won. Five different teams in five years. And since then, it has never happened again. We will, if the winner of this year is not the Golden State Warriors or the Milwaukee Bucks, in all likelihood, that's what's going to happen. Philly could win it. Milwaukee could win it. Brooklyn could win it. Miami could win it. I don't know about Chicago. They're kind of Memphis of the East, but that's four. In the West, Phoenix could win it. Golden State could win it. Utah could win it. Ah! Memphis, I don't know. Dallas, I think, could probably win it. Denver gets Jamal Murray back. They could win it. Lakers get Kawhi Leonard back. They could win it. The Lakers could probably still win it. Craziness. And that's where we are. And that's what's so different than what we've seen before. And it's also what's so nerve-wracking to the Utah Jazz, I think, and everyone else. Someone's asking if Donovan's out today. The injury report was Jared Butler sprained right ankle, Rudy Gay doubtful, non-COVID related illness. Don't see Donovan on the injured list. Four things that we, as the Utah Jazz, look to achieve in the next 24 games. Four things. What do you think they are? Well, if you've listened to Locked on Jazz, you probably already have the answer and you probably already know and you're probably reciting them off 
right now all the same. It is Locked on Jazz. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We bring you Locked on NBA every single day to give you the rundown on all the action. Plus, Locked on Now has the action as well. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Our good friends over at Rock Auto do amazing work with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for you, for your local chain auto parts store, to stock all the parts you need when you endure often pointless or seamless intimidating questions. So why choose to spend 30 50 or even 100% more on the same parts you can get at rockauto.com? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oils, and even new carpet. It's all at rockauto.com. Find out for yourself with the old school, easy to navigate website. Just make sure you write locked on the how you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Today's show is also brought to you by our good friends over at Built White Chocolate. Cookies and cream are still available. Puffs mix box still available. It's all amazing. It's all there for you. The only thing that's not available right now, and I'm in a mad panic about it, is my coconut brownie chunk. They've run out of my coconut brownie chunk. It's the greatest bar ever, and it's not there anymore. I'm in a panic. Don't let this happen to you. Jump on now. Go to the promo code LOCKED15 and get your built bars now so you don't end up like me yearning every day for where the coconut brownie chunk is. Promo codes LOCKED15 gives you 15% off. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with the most incredible macros you could possibly have. 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, 4 carbs, 4 sugars, 17 grams of protein. It is Built Bar, and if you have not tried the puffs, puff, puff, puff. It is Locked On Jazz. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you like all those numbers I gave you, hit the like bar or hit the like button and give us some likes because you like the jazz chances uh, right there. Who do you think the favorite in the Western Conference is? That's what I've got up in the chat room for you on YouTube today. Here are the four things for the Utah Jazz. One is we got to figure out a rotation. I mean, everything from Eric Pascal has been great and Rudy Gay's not been healthy to trying to figure out where Rudy Gay fits in the next 24 games. Pascal's earned a ton of time. Are Daniel House... And Trent Forrest, really the answer for Joe Ingles, 24 minutes a night. We've got 20 numbers. We've got 20 minutes of Rudy Gay, Eric Paschal. we got about 24 minutes of Joe Ingles. It's either Daniel House or Trent Forrest or maybe both or some combination. Or is there someone else out there? So really, we've got to figure out the rotation. We've lost our bridge lineup. That was our best lineup because Joe's gone. How do we figure that out? That's a huge thing the coaching staff has to do in the next 24 games. Number two is the same thing we've been working on all season long. Versus switching offensively, which honestly we're we're not bad at. And frankly, we just showed you that we're the number one offensive team in the league against the best defensive teams. So this is this is not an area where we're where we're poor in any way shape or form. The second one is defensive versatility. And really what we've learned is Hassan Whiteside, Rudy Gobert, our bigs have to be on the floor. The idea of us playing five small, five small just hasn't worked. 
And frankly, it's because we're so small. When teams play small, like Dallas will play small tonight. Their small will be Jalen Brunson is small, and then everybody else will be 6'8 to 6'10. So then they're not small at all in any way, shape, or form. What we're doing is we're trying to go small at 6'1, 6'1, 6'4, 6'7, 6'7, like, ugh, or Pascal 6'6. It's too small. We're not long enough. What we've learned is you got to play your center. So now when people go five out, how does Rudy still impact the game defensively? And we've been really, they, we've been getting way better at that, actually. It's incremental, little tiny steps, but getting way better. Third one is, I think we need a little mental toughness wins. The exact opposite of what happened against the Lakers. Things go wrong, fight through it, get the win. Come from behind, get the win. Have the lead, lose it, get the win. Few mental toughness wins to make this group kind of feel good about itself. It was feeling pretty good at wanting six straight, and then it loses that one. So that one. And the last one I would say is the obvious one. Health. Mike Conley was exhausted going to break. I'm glad to know he got to go to Cabo and have a great time, or I don't know if it was Cabo Cabo or Baja or where he was. I hope he got refreshed. Because if you look at it, like a few little notes on him, he was one of his last eight on floaters, three of his last eight at the rim. That's exhaustion. Right? He's four of his last 16 in the paint. Boyan's tired. Boyan's long two. He's he's missed six straight. He's 30% for the season on long twos. His, his little post-up we like so much. He's actually 20 of his last 57, which is like 35%. Gets in the lane, post-up, fades away in the lane. We all love it so much. Ah, he's got to get his legs back underneath him a little bit. And those are the things that not just healthy in the sense that everyone's available, but healthy that we're not exhausted. Um, I think, you know, we, we have a, definitely have a different level this year where we can go with the energy level and the push and the pump than we've had. We haven't played. I don't think we felt as though we were exhausted after every game watching this group the way they will be in the playoffs. They have a different level, but let's make sure their bodies are in a position where they can go get to that level. Um, so I think those are the four. Figuring out the rotation's big. Continuing to work. We've seen more switches than any other team in the league. We'll see more tonight. Defensive versatility in the sense that we're going to stay big. With Gobert and Whiteside, can they stay impactful? Mental toughness wins. Can we get a few mental toughness wins? And then health. All right, final thing today. Uh, when you watch Luka tonight, take it in. This is something else right now. Luka is on a different planet. His usage rate is at levels it's never been at. His four-game stretch is simply overwhelming. Here's his usage rate in the last games. against New Orleans. That means he used 59% of the possessions he was on the floor. He had 49 points, 15 rebounds, and 8 assists. 40% usage rate against Miami. He had 21 points, 10 and 6. 54% usage rate against the Clippers, 45, 15, and 8. Against the Clippers in the next game, he had a 47% usage rate with 51, 9, and 6. 51, 9, and 6. He had a 50% usage rate in the game before. His last five games, his usage rate has been above 50 in three of the five. Even prior to that, 40, 42, 44, 44, 40, he has not had a game with a usage rate below 39.7 since the 26th of January against Portland. He's not been wildly efficient or inefficient. His assist rate is incredible. Since that game against Portland, here are the percentage assist rate is the percentage of his teammates made shots that he assisted on. So when he's on the floor, 
50%, he assisted on 50%, 50%, 56, 53, 65, 61, 50, 53, 42. The other one that's incredible is how often he was assisted on his made shots. In three of the last five games, the answer is zero. Three of the last five games, he has not had an assist. And in two, I believe he has only had about three assisted field goals in the last five games while scoring 40 points a game. It's incredible. Let's see what happens. Nice. James, with I'm assuming an intentional number here, we hold Luca to under 27 tonight. Well, Luca, you know, where does Luca shoot from? Gets into kind of the question on whether or not Rudy Gobert can impact him. He takes 29. Oh, he only takes 19% of his shots at the rim this year. He takes 45% of his shots as mid-range shots. He takes 32% of his shots as above the break threes. His mid-range numbers are actually way up. His rim numbers are way down and his threes are actually down. His accuracy on those, his mid-range shot, he's at four, all mid-range shots, he's at 45. Above the break, he's at 34. His rim, he's at 72 when he gets there. So if he does lose those few rim shots tonight, it will hurt his efficiency. This has been Locked on Jazz. Thanks for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Go to Locked on NBA YouTube. Grab either the National Show or the Now with Daniela Bruce anchoring today, giving you the breakdown of everything that happened in last night's first action of back at it. It is Locked on Jazz, part of Locked on Podcast Network. Thank <laughs> you.